It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Signal Boost. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. It's Monday. February the 1st. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. Today? Well, I, I'm coming to you from under a, a, a crap ton of snow. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, they, they, I mean, everybody was doing that, like, oh my God, buy up all the toilet paper thing because the snow is coming. Like, I find it really, like, we're already inside, guys. We don't have to change anything. We already have, we, we have the food, we have, we have our Netflix, like we already have our inside routines, and yet still everyone's like, oh my god, are you ready for the snowstorm? Usually getting ready for a snowstorm involves like stocking up at home and staying home. And it's figuring like, out how you're going to get to work. Exactly. Literally nothing changed, right? <laughs> right. Now we've right. just got inches and inches of snow. Um, it kind of felt like this weekend was like the first slow news day. Like yesterday, did yesterday feel like a slow news day to you? Definitely. No, I, it really I mean, did. On when I'm when I'm off, I, I do a thing where I put my phone down. I put yeah, my I know. Phone down. And that's good of you. Um, on the charger, um, I have an iPad, so I'll like carry that around. So if I, it, you know, breaking news happens, I can see it. But because I don't, I, I take everything, all the notifications based. I basically have my iPad on Do Not Disturb, like at all times. Yeah. So I don't even really get text notifications, but I can check them if I yeah. really need to. But I do that on purpose because it's important. I mean, just, you know, we're in this 24-7 yeah, like during the week. Um, and it's important to sort of take the mm-hmm. time, put your phone down. Um, mm-hmm. But really, there wasn't any notifications coming. No, I, you I know, saw... I periodically <laughs> check during a Sunday. Yeah. Like, I'll pick it up every yeah. few hours and be like, what's Twitter saying? And be like, oh, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing Nothing's going happening. on today. Literally. This is amazing. Zero things. <laughs> um, the only, I mean, the only thing, the only updates over the weekend were the Republicans released their own, well, they said they have a plan yeah. that's $600 uh, million dollars, um, for stimulus. Um, and so we don't know all the details of their plan. And they're meeting with President Biden today at the White House um, yeah. to it's... You know, hash it out to see if there, there is anything that they can agree on that they can move forward. Um, I, I'm not really particularly, I think... The media is a little hung up on the fact that, like, he said he wants to be bipartisan, and if this isn't, then he's, like, broken some promise. And I'm like, but the Republicans just did the coup. Like, they tried yeah. to do, they they tried to do insurrection. Besides, like, I'm, I'm sure he wants to be, bipartisan. wanting to be bipartisan and saying, I won't do anything without Republican lawmaker support are two completely separate things. I mean, I'm sure Joe Biden wants Republican support. (laughs) I'm sure he wants it. That for me. Okay. Think of an analogy like (laughs) Like, that you want something, but you're you're willing to just get it without that thing you want. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Imagine absolutely essential. Imagine like asking permission of like a a parent to date somebody old school style. Like, I want your permission to like ask your daughter to marry me. Right. Okay. That is a different sentence than if you don't support us, we won't get married. Right. Right. Completely different. (laughs) One is this would be really. Thank you. Thank you. You you asked. I delivered. Yeah. One of them is a really like this would be a really nice thing to have. I don't want to go forward with this without your approval. 
so I'm asking you, and the other one is absolutely not. Like, if, you, if you're not on board, there's nothing we can do. Sorry, my hands are tied. Of course Joe Biden is saying he wants to be bipartisan. He, every president wants to be bipartisan on every issue. Like, this, where, this is where it goes back to, like, the, they're owning the libs mentality is just different from ours. Like, we don't right. want to make them feel bad. We want to make them agree with us. Because we think that the things that we believe are important. And the more people on board with them, the better off we will be. That's it. Like, I, their feelings actually have nothing to do with it. So, of course, you want, the, you want to be bipartisan. But that is very different than saying, I'm allowing you to hang up my agenda because it's not worth it if I can't have a single R. And now what the Biden team is saying, which is smart, is that they're counting actual Republican Americans in their idea of bipartisanship. <laughs> so... When you yes. see things like 75% of the country support more COVID relief, they're going to go ahead and say, hey, the COVID relief package that 75% of America support, that's bipartisan. You don't get to 75% with just progressives. Right. So I, I think it, it makes tons of, like, separate the Republican uh, Americans from the Republican lawmakers and show just how extreme the lawmakers are. Like, they're, they're not even representing their side of the aisle anymore. Like, it's just this fringe. And I, I you know, so I, I, I get why he's taking the meeting today. I, my guess is that this is like, this is, this is the thing that he can point to to be like, well, we tried. But, you know, $600 billion is about a third of what he was asking for, so. And it I, leaves I out so much. I mean, here's of the course. thing. I think that, you know, I think to your point, you get you get what you want and what the American people want um, in a bipartisan way. And that is by I mean, that is unity. If 75 percent of the American people want a thing and you go do that thing, that's pretty unit. Yes. Yeah. No. How how would any other action be unifying if 75 percent of America says we want this and you do anything else? <laughs> how how could it be unifying? I don't know. I'm saying. I, yeah, I, so I, I get what he's doing. I like what he's doing. Um, I, I, you know, I if, if if tomorrow we're telling you that after this meeting he countered with a smaller COVID relief offer because he thinks he could actually peel off a couple of these Republicans they meet with today, I will feel differently. <laughs> but today, thing, I, why would why would he why would he exactly okay give less to the American people to try right. to get votes that he's probably not going to get? <laughs> like the problem is, is that. The Republicans are not negotiating in good faith. Right. We're going to have to see more about the plan that they put out to see if it's in good faith. Yeah. They yeah. Still, I mean, very much, Mitch McConnell still very much wants liability protections, blanket liability protections. That's always mm-hmm. going to pop back up in the, mm-hmm. in the worst moment to be like, Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's not being bipartisan. And he's like, I'm not doing liability protections. <laughs> right. That is, it's not a bipartisan issue. If That's you want to be bipartisan, you'll let <laughs> workplaces put their workers in unsafe conditions. Otherwise, so you're not saying. really bipartisan. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I mean, you know, we have to look at it like both parties should be negotiating in good faith and coming to the table with blanket liability protections right. and arguing that the $15 minimum wage, we can do that later. That doesn't have anything to do with immediate stimulus. That's a full <laughs> misunderstanding oh. of like how it how it is to be working class but the point is that the idea that we're gonna they always throw that in as a poison republicans love poison pills that's the thing about um bipartisanship sometimes is that you don't understand that you know republicans tend to come to the table um 
and they don't always list out all the things that come to the table with. And one of those things is sometimes a very terrible thing that a Democrat really does not want. And Mm -hmm. the majority of the people um, wouldn't benefit from that thing. And so I think it's important for us to always talk about all the details. Yeah. That's why we have a radio show, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what it goes back to the the negotiating in good faith stuff. Like, you know, you you sort of have to expect that Republicans are going to try to undermine government in some way because that is literally what they always do. (laughs) Like, Like that is that is constant. Like that's their M.O. That's what they're that's what they're they're after. They're trying to make it harder for government to do things to help people. Because Republicans' entire, you know, raison d'etre is that government doesn't work. So if government's working all of a sudden, well, crap, why would anybody vote for them? They're the ones that stand up and say it's broken and it can't fix anything. So, like, they're actually, you know, there's a profit model for them to do shitty work. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's the way their party works right now. Like, it's easier to run on government sucking if you suck while you're in government. <laughs> and that's... It's so uh, weird that you believe that and then you run to be in government i never understand i, it. I don't understand like i like it doesn't make any sense to in my brain it's like becoming a pilot and you don't believe that planes work or something i don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't even understand you know what i mean i don't and then you crash the plane no, that's so, well, and, and be like complain. see didn't work yeah see i knew it work. And you're like but you anyway i but mean you didn't learn how to fly and analogy, then you screwed but it up and then, no that's a perfect one wrong it feels wrong um Okay, so the other news over the weekend, which I really, like, I need, like, on my show later, I need to bring on somebody to tell me, to explain to people how rare it is for lawyers to quit. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, and let's, let's talk about this. They, they keep quitting for the president is, is a sign that there is something deeply wrong. Because um, lawyers, they don't quit. <laughs> they're really not allowed to quit <laughs> once they are <laughs> representing you. Um, they have to have a very good reason to quit. I mean, they're not getting paid. That's usually the reason. That That's like the only reason allowed. Oh, wait, so, so they, okay, so I actually, I don't know how this works at all. So if a lawyer wants to quit, they have to like show that it, there's a good reason for quitting. Like you can't just, it's not like a, a regular job where you can be like, I'm, I'm out. I don't like this. This you are, have to have I a mean, reason. Usually a judge needs to weigh in. <laughs> you can't That's just adorable. show up and be like, yeah, I quit. Like, and walk out. I mean, think about the episodes of Law and Order you've seen. Where the, the crazy defendant goes, or the, excuse me, we're going to be better with our words. Yes, I'm working on that too. Let's hold Mentally, each other accountable. Okay, unstable defendant. Let's just say unstable. Yeah. Just unstable alone. Unstable defendant says, I'm going to represent myself. I'm firing my lawyer. And then the judge is like, you don't want to do that. And they're like, yes, I do. And then the lawyers, the lawyers sitting there like, what? And the judge is like, please sit as co-counsel to advise. Like, they literally, you can't just quit. I mean, that's not an example right. of quitting. That's an example of being fired. Right. But even in that instance, it's I'm using that as an example of, like, Law & Order episode you've seen. Um, because you want the defendant to have the best representation possible. And representing yourself is not the best representation possible. Really, so ever. at least want a lawyer... <laughs> In, a prox- in proximity, right? But also, yeah. once you have signed on to a case, the fact that the, the president has had, in many instances throughout his the last five years, lawyers walk out and be like, I quit. That yes. is weird. That is not normal. It's not so, a normal situation. Why do you can't... think that's happening? Like, what is he doing that's not so far? Of, that's it? He's not paying yeah. them. Or 
he's asking them to lie, like lie in the more objective sense of the way we mean and think yeah. about lying. The report so that I read over the weekend said that he was trying to get them to uh, rely on like edu- like election fraud claims, like the yes. like the, the totally so, fraud, false election fraud claims, and that, that is, was that why they. The, that's the other. I mean, you're not getting paid. That's the bigger reason, probably. <laughs> I mean, um, I, but the also, other one sounds better. <laughs> you you can't get up and and as a member of the bar, just straight up lie. Right. The, like a, you can be disbarred. You know, we're exactly. That's why um, it mattered that Giuliani yeah. hadn't been like read into court or whatever since 1996 because he was actually right. like allowed to lie like any like anybody's allowed to lie. Um, but that changes when you're like people think of the court. lawyers are liars and that we just lie, but we sort of just massage factual information and sort of change the way you look at a certain yeah, you set make of facts, facts fit. right? Yeah. Um, but you're not lying. Those are different. Uh, there's a right. really big difference. And you're so really not allowed to lie as a lawyer. It's one of the only professions no, you, where, like, if you lie, right. you can't do that job anymore. <laughs> That's right. And so in some ways, the way that we think about liars, the way they're portrayed and talked about, is not actually what our, mm-hmm. you know, rules of response, uh, professional rules of responsibility <laughs> say. Um, and I and I think that it's it's a testament to just how how far we've gone from the truth. Um, in terms of what the president is saying, I think it's the, the lawyers quitting for me is proof of the lie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yes. Actually, like because well, because lawyers are supposed to like, can I at all bend and tell me if I'm wrong about this, because I'm just assuming that lawyers are like, can I at all bend the facts to my guy's way of thinking? Like, can I possibly say a true statement that says he did this, not this? And if if you can't, there's no way, right? Like, if, if a lawyer cannot make it <laughs> so that an election fraud claim is, is honest, then it can't be made. Like, that's their job. And if he's saying, you're going to make me rely on stuff that isn't true, I have to quit, then there, there's literally no way to make that true. It, it is an absolutely false statement. If, if a lawyer can't say, you know, sure, we can figure out how to massage this until it feels true, I can stand up and, and defend this, then it's probably indefensible. But I think it's proof so, that the the big lie is a lie. I think yeah. that the, the lawyers quitting is proof of the big lie. So so the lawyers quit and now he has a new team. And I want to know, like, where he keeps getting them. And this one seems to be uh, this is like the guy from Pennsylvania who didn't prosecute Bill Cosby in 2005. And. Um, a, a mob, a mob lawyer, like an actual straight up mob lawyer. That's it. That's all he does. So that's, that's where we're at now. <laughs> he he so got from nose. not South Carolina. I think he's from Georgia. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> so those are the, those are the two guys he has now. Um, I think cool. at least that that's what was, that was reported this morning. Um, and there we go. <laughs> so it's now February. So that trial will start next week. So that'll give them you know, eight days to really get to know each other and excellent prepare for their case, I guess. <laughs> it's so, it's, it, well, here's the thing. We, we shouldn't laugh because there are still members of Congress who believe this lie. And if lawyers yeah, can't true. even stand up and make it make sense to anybody in, in the Senate where half the people, 45 of the senators voted to say that the trial is unconstitutional. <laughs> right. But instead of making that argument in front of those jurors, the president wants them to get up and repeat the big lie. Right. right. And lawyers are like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> they so were like, speaking, 
Speaking of the big lie, there was a, a, a big Politico report out about um, what's happening with Cruz and, and Hawley, because I've been sort of waiting to, to see the update on that. And, and now it's in the Senate Ethics uh, Committee vault, which is like, it's a vault. Like, we're not going to hear shit for a really long time. That's just how it is. Like, they, they, the, the last time the committee that is currently judging them put out a press release... It was in 2017 regarding Al Franken. Like, this committee does not talk about its work, does not talk about what it does. We will not know anything about what it does. Um, it could take months. It's just all of a sudden they'll be like, hey, we recommend that we censure these guys, or we recommend that we expel these guys, or we recommend that nothing happen to these guys, and then we'll, we'll go through it. So I really wish that that was happening. I mean, I guess the DOJ FBI investigation will be happening with more public transparency than the Senate ethics investigation will. So we'll probably not be completely in the dark about what Holly and Cruz's mm -hmm. actual roles were. But, um, you know, we're going to we, we get to watch the impeachment trial like we get to like there's going to be evidence in front of us next week. Like we're going to you know, we're going to sit down and watch this as, an, you know, we're going to learn about the insurrection on our capital. And then I, I care almost as much about Holly and Cruz's role in it as I do about Trump's. And that one is going to take place completely behind closed doors. And I think that's a shame. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, think about the beginning of the Trump administration and just like <laughs> not the ethics committee, but even the Senate Intelligence Committee. We didn't know much about that investigation. We, we no. knew more about the House investigation the whole time. And I feel like not knowing was hard. Yeah. And so and so not knowing in this case is going to be equally difficult because I feel like transparency is bipartisanship. How about that? Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, that's the like, that's how we're going to. I think every day that it seems like <clears throat> the elected officials who like actively uh, actively fomented this insurrection, like the ones who were, you know, leading from within the ones who were texting with the insurrectionists as they stormed the Capitol. Like every day that there's, there's just no, no repercussions for that. Um, I think it's a dangerous one for the Republican party. Like I, I don't, you know, I, we, we all talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene forever over the weekend. I think it's like, you know, Jewish space laser. It's fun to say, I get it. Like she thinks wildfires were started by Jewish space lasers. Like, we can talk about that. That's, that's probably worth mentioning. <laughs> However, there are a lot of Republicans in the House who, who believe the big lie. Like, just because she also believes Jewish space lasers, that's actually not the most important thing that she believes that's wrong. The most important thing that she believes that's wrong is that our democracy isn't real. Like, she, she, be she believes in a non-peaceful transfer of power to keep her guy on top regardless of whether or not she won and there's no empirical data that's going to change her mind. That's, that's the big problem with Marjorie Taylor Greene. And that problem is shared by a hundred House representatives. Like, they may not all believe in the Jewish space lasers, but they all seem to, they either believe or don't care uh, that Joe Biden won this election fair and square. Like, they, they, that, that lie has already made it all the way through the ranks. So I think this idea that they can just, you know, sit there until November or whatever, and when the Senate and Ethics Committee, you know, comes out of their chamber and decrees what's going to happen, um, I think that's dangerous. I think it's very dangerous. Here's the thing. We've seen this in other historical examples. When there is a big lie that is promulgated um, over and over um, yeah. by um, somebody who has an agenda. And I, I guess in this case... The agenda is holding on to power 
even though that you don't even have it there's no purpose yeah you know and i think this is the bad faith of it all that's mm-hmm. what i just go back to i mean last week first of all okay so all the members of congress survived an assassination attempt right yes. that's what happened on january 6th that's what happened um aoc has talked about you know thinking that she was going to die not being not feeling that she would be safe if she were put um you know uh in the same location as right. other members of congress on the republican side um because she's she's not sure if they're going to tell the insurrectionists where she is exactly um so that she would be harmed and people were not sure if that was an exaggeration or if she was you know i guess like too scared or whatever but i but i think that the the point is is that the it's the bad faith of it all Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. after AOC basically called him out last week and was like, you basically had to try to get me killed. He, yeah. One of his colleagues put out a letter asking her to apologize to him for saying yes. that. Which part of what she said is not straight up what we watched on television, though. We watched you. You were in a speech a few minutes before the insurrection began. Before they started showing footage of the insurrectionists outside of the building... The speeches right before that were Mitch McConnell, who was like, this is a lie. Stop it, y'all. Right. And Ted Cruz, who was like, it's not a lie. Keep going. Yeah. If anything, Ted Cruz should be very concerned because his words were closer in proximity to the people breaking the windows of the Capitol than the president, even though they were going there for him, for the president. Right. right. They were mentioning Ted Cruz's name when they went inside the chamber. So I don't. I mean, Cruz would want us to do this. They said. <laughs> I I feel like it's it's the bad faith of it all. It's the asking AOC to apologize. She doesn't have to apologize to you for what? You're the one right. who started the insurrection. You should be apologizing to the American people. Yes, which includes her, which is probably why you started Correct. the insurrection to begin with. Yeah. It's a lot. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.